Hello and welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. You can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Be sure to like the Facebook page, share all the content on that as well. Just look up the Trouble with the Snap podcast and in all of those locations you can find our previously recorded shows. For instance, the last show we did, we had former Michigan State tight end Jay Green on to talk about what the spring looks like for the Michigan State Spartans and a name that he dropped that as soon as he dropped it, everybody else started talking about it. So go back, check out those episodes and uh, yeah, obviously like and share all the content there with me today. Got Chris Stanton going to talk a little bit about MSU hoops. Uh, Some changes made to the roster today. Um, well, one of them still technically up in the air. How do you want to do this, man? You want to do this uh, first off? Uh, thanks for coming on. Do you want to do this chronologically, or do you want to do this in order of importance? Well, thanks for having me again. Um, boy, there's a lot of roster changes to talk about, so I'm I'm down for whatever. Um, so fire away. All right. The we'll 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 get Davis Smith out of the way. I mean, with all due respect to him, and especially the legacy that his dad left. Um, look, Davis Smith has announced that he is putting his name in the transfer portal. Look, I don't blame him. And you're not going to play. Keon Coleman jumped you on the depth chart anyways, uh, despite not picking up a basketball until January, supposedly. So, I, look, I, I don't blame him for that. And he, here's the interesting thing. This is, in all honesty, a walk-on like Peter and Welk leaving, which he did a couple days ago. That's not going to move the needle, so I'm not going to sit here and do a podcast about it. The reason Davis Smith is important is because that's a scholarship now. Because mm-hmm. Tom Izzo put Davis Smith on one before the season started. Yeah, I think it's one of those cases where Parents support their children and what they do. You know that I had a chance to run into Steve Smith briefly um, at the Breslin, uh, boy, as ages ago now. But I did have actually a short conversation with him, and he was happy to have his son there at his alma mater. And I think there was a lot of warm and fuzzies. But at the end of the day, Davis Smith wants to play college basketball, and his skill set doesn't translate to a program like Michigan State. I'm thankful for what he gave in practice and preparation. And I know that he once in a while cracked the score sheet and obviously his dad, we're thankful for so many things, whether it be uh, dad's play or his contributions to the school, the Clara Bell Smith center. But this may be one of those cases where this is my last chance. I want to go somewhere and play. Maybe he's looking at a foster lawyer situation and, and thinking, you know, maybe I can go somewhere and, and make a difference. So, Davis, thank you for, for what you've given us. And obviously, Dad, Steve Smith, thank you for everything that you did for us. But um, best wishes. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. These kids want to play. I don't have a problem with it. Um, you know, certain situations you tend to scoff at a little bit. Uh, I think the most recent one is – namely uh, Rocket Watts, <laughs> you, you know, like so, some of those you can scoff at a little bit, but a, you know, like, I mean, well, I'm, 
I want to say walk-on. I know he's not technically a walk-on because, like I said, he did have a scholarship. That's why we're talking about it. Um, it definitely opens up things in the transfer portal. Uh, given how many people have Tom Izzo's already reportedly been in contact with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Bridges kid from uh, West Virginia is very intriguing. I don't know if we'll land him or not, but he certainly fills a huge void. And you would think with his experience and his maybe lack of success team-wise that this would be a perfect fit for him. Yeah, and um, look, there, there's not a bigger West Virginia fan in the country that I can think of other than my uncle. So I had him on to talk about Bridges and what he could bring to the program. I think that'd be absolutely huge. The thing is, um, I think they're going after – I think Michigan State's going after a Texas Tech swingman. I know there's people at LSU who he's been talking – Izzo's been talking to because that's just a complete disaster, but they obviously – well, they got talent because, well, you get what you pay for. Um, so mm. I know Izzo's been in contact with them. And so there, there's a lot of people out there. Um, I, you know, I said when I kind of wrapped up the season, you got to get a wing. You got to get a big. That That's more important than anything. You know, Tyson Walker can kind of fill that two-guard role with Trayvon Holloman. If Holloman comes in and he's playing the point, or if Holloman ends up being like one of those combo guards, you play at the two after Aikens. Now, where things get a little interesting is that three spot. And they got a little more interesting today because Max Christie has entered his name into the NBA draft. And this is the way I see it, and I'm going to let you, uh, you know, express your opinion, obviously, after this is, it's not a big deal to me. It really isn't, because this kid, to me, is not NBA ready. um, He's going in, he's getting advice because he's talented enough to play in the league. But there's other aspects of his game. I, you're just not ready for the league. Well, the key thing in this is to remember that he is not signing with an agent. He can come back. And how many Spartans in recent memory have we seen where have kind of tested the waters, whether it be Aaron Henry or Xavier Tillman, that they want that pre-draft evaluation? Uh, Nick Ward is another one that comes to mind. Max Christie is frail physically. If the NBA were to draft him, it would be on potential only because that's what they like to do. He's going to get the evaluation, and I hope that the NBA scouts will say, kid, you're not ready physically. You can't handle the rigors of an 82-game season, and he will take that, and it will motivate him to come back. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, and I mean, that that's the big thing for me, and that's the thing that really stood out is, yeah, you can shoot. Occasionally, you were a really, really good defender. But, man, he, he, you and I have talked about it off the air more than I think I've ever talked about this before because I've, I've never seen anybody hit a, hit that, quote, unquote, freshman wall like, like Max Christie has. I've yeah. never seen anybody hit it like him. And it, you think you're going to be ready for an 82-game season? Nah, man. You need another year under Izzo's SEC program. Well, why did he hit that wall? 
A, because physically, I, I don't know if he could handle the, the transition, you know, and B, he is, he is a spot up shooter. He, no one is going to ever con, uh, confuse Max Christie with um, AJ Hogard or Chris Cassius Winston's ability to drive to the basket. He doesn't have a full arsenal of skills. That doesn't, that doesn't mean he isn't a very good player. That's not what I'm saying. Um, he needs to develop, like you said, develop his complete game. And I think another year would do wonders for him. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. There's another guy who couldn't really get to the basket though. Obviously his dunks made it look like he could. And that's Miles Bridges. And so you don't necessarily need to have that. Some of the stuff can be developed, but you're right. I mean, you look at the situation, like Christy wanted the ball in his hands a little bit more. He wanted to facilitate. He wasn't really that good at it. And he was much, much better off the ball. Um, there were moments, uh, the Purdue game, I think there was a complete shutdown of the offense when they put him at point, um, which frankly, I would have rather seen Aikens there just given his probable experience running the running the show and uh, the fact that he knows that he doesn't necessarily have to score like Christie feels like he needed to sometimes throughout the course of the year. But but that's where I'm at with this. And I don't – look, in all honesty, I don't think he's actually going to go pro. He's going out, like you said, like Aaron Henry, like uh, that big doofus down the road hmm. last year. He's going out. He's getting evaluated. And he's going to – I think he's going to come back. I do too. Well, if, you, if you had to put a percentage on it, you know, what are the odds you think of him coming back? Based solely off of no, no uh, scientific reasoning or actual uh, verbal communication with Max Christie. I'm going to put him coming back at 91%, which makes the opposite a single-digit number, which, oh, by the way, is his number of points in the last four games. Eight points, nine points, two points, nine points. If if you build yourself up as a scorer and a dead eye shooter, you're gonna do more than single digit points. So he's coming back. I'd be shocked and I'd be saddened if he didn't. Yeah, I, I would feel bad for him. It, it would feel to me like an Arizona Lorbeck situation mm-hmm. where he went and I was like this guy's not good enough to go. And I mean, obviously I didn't under have the full comprehension of, you know, what they look at and fully understand, Oh, well, the NBA's like you said, it's based purely off potential more than any other sport. Um, you know, as far as the four major ones go, and I know I offended you, sorry, five major ones. If you want to say soccer, yeah, um, <laughs> as a soccer guy, you better include that. <laughs> but, by the way, Team USA made the World Cup. Hey, you know what? First place is is the same as third, so we're in. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to Christian Pulisic taking us to the next round. And that's going to be the extent of uh, soccer talk on this program. <laughs> you don't want to talk about Lady United? I see how you are. Okay, at least for the year. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I. I totally lost my train of thought and where we were, where I was going with that. But yeah, Arizona Lorbeck, like I didn't have the full comprehension of, you know, the NBA draft off potential. Um, Max Christie to me, he, he, he's first round talent. He's first round potential, however you want to look at that. But as far as 
if he can actually handle the NBA, I, I don't think he can. And I think one more year is really all that they would need. Uh, one more year, I think, could turn him into a star in college basketball. And if he doesn't come back, frankly, it screws Michigan State because now you need to get two wings because Malik Hall is for sure your foreman next year. And I think the, to kind of put the wraps on the Christie situation, you look at comparisons of guys who were in this position. Deontay Davis had terrible uh, advice in his ear. We don't know what Lorbeck with, with the, the foreign situation, what all was in his ear, but we, we can infer that it was not good and Davis was not good. Christie, for all intents and purposes, um, comes from a stable background and a somewhat affluent background. He doesn't need to go to the NBA. What he needs is an evaluation on his talent. And I, I'm, again, I'm hoping the NBA um, gives him the message that Izzo has probably given him, a la um, Nick Ward, and we'll see him again next year. Yeah, and hopefully it's not a Jaron Jackson situation where he quote-unquote kicks him out of Michigan State. Um, not, but with Christy, I honestly don't see it so doing it. He said pretty much the same time. This stings more than anything that he would have come back if Izzo didn't kick him out. <laughs> that, but I, I don't see him doing that with Christy. I don't think Christy's ready. Um, well, like I said, guy couldn't handle 30 games. I don't even think he handled 20. And you can't expect him to handle 82 in, in a bigger, more physically demanding league and uh, less time, mm-hmm. you know, less time with the travel. And it's not two, maybe three games a week. It's three, sometimes four. Mm-hmm. So I, I, yeah, I just don't think he'd be ready for it. Um, I, I don't think his body can handle it right now. And Look, I, I said something a little bit earlier when we were talking about this. Like, yeah, I'd be devas- I'd be devastated as a fan or whatever from a selfish perspective or whatever. If uh, he goes pro and he leaves, you know, that massive opening on the depth chart at the spot. You know, um, when you look at that... I've seen people commenting about a couple other Spartans who went pro about Gay Brown or enter their name in the draft. Gay Brown. Oh, you mean our, our wonderfully uh, uh, well-read, educated fan base? Yeah, no kidding. Um, but the, talking about Gay Brown, talking about Marcus Bingham, and talking about how, oh, they should come back. They're not ready for the NBA. No, that's selfish. Gay Brown is absolutely. Uh, I don't know what else he has to prove at Michigan State. Sure, you would like to see more consistency, but I think Gabe Brown is one of those guys that um, kind of faltered under the idea that he had to be the man. You know, all year, what did the talking heads and even us, what did we talk about? Michigan State's got to have a go-to, score. go-to guy. Right, and I don't think he ever wanted that, whereas in the NBA, he would be a role player. He would be off the bench. Um, he could carve out a nice 10, 12 year career in the NBA just fine. So I'm thankful for everything that Gabe Brown did. I don't think our absent minded fan base always does the same, but um, I think he's, I think I, I'm totally okay 
with Gabe Brown testing, uh, going for, you know, to, to realize his dream. And, well, I, I want to draw a comparison. I know it's a little bit different because I think this other guy's a little more well-rounded, but he, I don't think he's the athlete that Gabe Brown is either. And that's Isaiah Livers. Isaiah Livers is carving out a nice niche with the Pistons team that looks like they could be in pretty good hands moving forward with Cape Cunningham. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you look at a guy like that who's, you know, a ninth, tenth man. Some of these guys have an ex- have a couple explosive games or whatever near the end of the season when you rest players, whatever it may be, all of that type of stuff. Gabe Brown, to me, fits that mold. He can be one of those guys, and uh, he can latch on somewhere. You know, he's not going to be a sixth man, not going to be a seventh man, probably not going to be an eighth man in the NBA. But he, he's athletic enough to make it. Um, he can shoot, obviously. And here's the reason. The reason why I say it's why I'm saying it's not selfish of me to say Max Christie needs to come back. Um, but it's selfish of other fans to say Gabe Brown and Marcus Bingham need to come back. Even though they're te- even though technically, yeah, they could do a lot. You know, if Gabe Brown's consistent throughout the course of a year, if Marcus Bingham's consistent throughout the course of the year and develops his back to the basket game. Uh, both like both of those guys have things that they could do to make them better NBA players, but the reason why it's different is because those guys are seniors. Not everybody wants to be Van Wilder or worse, Jordan <laughs> Bohan, and they don't want to be at school for twelve years. They just because you're not taking advantage of the COVID. Gabe Brown graduated in three years, played another for Michigan State, even though his potential probably could have got him looks in a. UDFA contract like I don't I I don't get why this you said absent-minded I'm, I'm not gonna say absent-minded fan base because there are people like you and me who think with a little bit of logic but the absent-minded portion of this fan base wanting them to come back just blows my mind yeah, I want them to waste another year in college when they could be making millions, even if it's not in the NBA. They can be making millions overseas with the talent that these guys have because you see them on draft boards late second round sometimes. And that alone, like I know plenty, I know, I know people who uh, graduated from Spring Arbor University who made a decent career doing stuff overseas for basketball. And so you have opportunities as a player who is what you want to say it like a fringe NBA player. It's selfish for you to want it's selfish for not you specifically, but for those Mm -hmm. fans to want them to come back when a they've graduated B they've played four years. Like you don't go to college anticipating a five-year stay unless you're being redshirted in football these are the same fans though that will will say things like they want them to pay back their scholarship and people that clearly have no comprehension of anything that's going on so i i kind of put it in one ear and out the other you know gabe brown gave us everything he had you know you think back to you know the the celebration kid on the bench who had a huge game against lsu his freshman year in the tournament and, and went through some struggles. You know, a lot of people forget about, you know, his father passing away 
and 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 I, I can only imagine everything that he dealt with emotionally as a as a late teenager and young adult. Um, the the guy will will leave Michigan State as as a personal favorite of mine. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy that everything he gave my alma mater. But good luck moving on. I would love to see him latch on at a place like San Antonio with uh, Greg Popovich or somebody who could truly develop him um, into a, a four to 10 year pro just carving out that role in the league, because I think he could do it. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's, you know, I'm going to kind of do the same thing I did with livers. Like he could be a bring Forbes ish type guy. Now bring Forbes, obviously pop sent him to the G league to play on the ball a little bit more. But now you look at it, Bryn Forbes, I don't remember what number, where he ranks. I was looking the numbers up uh, for an anti-LeBron thing I was doing. But but Bryn Bryn Forbes is in the top 20 in the history of the NBA in three-point field goal percentage. And I think if you carve out that, not necessarily just a dead-eye shooter role, because there's not many people, if any, that could shoot like Bryn Forbes. But you could carve out a role the size of what Bryn Forbes has. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, I think that's something Gabe Brown can do. And look, the way the game's played now, I think that Marcus Bingham can do something like that. If he can develop his handles a little bit more because he's got to know, I, I just dogged us back to the basket game, but if he gets stood up, you know, eight feet out when he's trying to get three feet in. Um, he has that fadeaway that he can go to. And, it's, I mean, it's not the most efficient shot in the world. It's also something, though, where if I saw him take it, I wasn't saying, oh, not this again. Y- you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't anything like that. And so I think that, like I said, we, I mean, we talked mostly about Gabe Brown. But the concept's still the same when you talk about Marcus Bingham as well, is both of these guys played four years. To ask them to want to come back is selfish. To say, you got to work on this is selfish. It's stupid. It's not logical whatsoever because you don't go to college anticipating to play five years unless you're redshirted. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in those, some of those types of situations – it doesn't always happen. Xavier Tillman was asked to be redshirted by Tom Izzo. He told him no, and he only needed to stay for three before he uh, curved out a pretty good role at Michigan State and uh, set himself up for the NBA. So that's where I stand with that. I think Max Christie's obviously a different situation because Max Christie obviously needs things he has to work or has things that he needs to work on. And for me, I don't think he's ready. And so I don't know if that's playing a part in it, but that's where I stand with it. With Marcus Bingham, I could see, you know, people's resentment of him leaving. The fact that uh, the front court situation is going to be in dire straits for Michigan State. And he could prove a little bit more. He could really cement himself into a marquee player in college basketball. And and, and that's, you know, I, I'm speaking from a very different experience as a fifth-year NAIA non-sports athlete. You know, that fifth year was golden for me. And I think with his situation, 
I'm trying not to be selfish. I would have loved to, uh, and you and I talked about this off the air of the three of them. I would have loved to have, and I'm including Hauser here in my three, by the way, not Christy. Um, I wanted Bingham back more than anything, but again, I'm not going to fault the kid. He gave us everything he had. He was a menace inside with shot blocks. And obviously the, the, the record is well-documented everything else. I don't think he'll be drafted. I, I think he would be an undrafted free agent and, luckily maybe latch on somewhere and probably play in Sioux city and Fort Wayne and and Grand Rapids for a stretch. But again, Marcus Bingham, thank you. What you gave us and, and, and we'll take it from here. Yeah. Look, and I'm I'm not lumping the two together because I think Gabe Brown's better off than Bingham. And I feel Mm -hmm. like there is, there are more things with Bingham's game that could turn him into a force. But if you play four years, I can't fault you. Mm-hmm. And yep, because that that's what that's how long you signed up for. You you didn't sign up for a COVID year. Mm-hmm. Nobody signed up for a COVID year. <laughs> Frankly, I'd like to have that year back though, just because. Oh yeah, with Tillman and Winston. Tillman Tillman and Winston Henry as a third wheel. Like yeah, I'd I'd be all about that. But that that's I mean that's pretty much it as far as uh, Michigan State goes. Um, we both think Christie's coming back. We, you can't fault Davis Smith. You can't fault Gay Brown. You can't fault Marcus Bingham. Um, let's end this. God, I don't want to do this even. This was stupid of me to even to, to even bring up. You're um, gonna bring up soccer again, aren't you? I'm, no, no. <laughs> no th- in fact, from my perspective, this is worse. This is worse than soccer. Oh no, let's not the gymnastics thing. Let's talk about the final four. Okay. No, by the way, congratulations to Michigan State Women's Gymnastics. Also, the last time we'll talk about them this year. Well, our, our athletic director put that tweet out there that was very cringeworthy, calling us a gymnastics school, uh, kindly forgetting about the gymnastics news issues and and legal issues that we had. So yeah. I understand uh, his support uh, of the program, but – A program that I have – been documented should have deserved the death penalty. Yes, you um, have. So, oh God, that really threw me off. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. This is the last time you'll have me on the show. Jeez, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can come back when we talk about soccer again. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, the final four is this weekend. Well, mm-hmm. if, if you had to pick a scenario to play out, um, someone that you were rooting for or forced to root for because look, nobody likes Coach K and Duke, especially Michigan State, especially Michigan State fans. Obviously, North Carolina fans are up there too, obviously, but they uh they had an academic scandal a little while ago. No punishment. Kansas is obviously the dirtiest program in college athletics. Dollar bill. Um, and then Villanova's won two of the last five. Like, who who do you root for? Well, it, this is a really tough one. I, I would tell you my heart says Villanova, but watching them through the tournament, I just don't think they're a complete team. I don't think they can beat Kansas, so Kansas will advance. Losing more is going to be brutal. It, it, for sure. And on the other side of, doc, of the docket, I would love to root for – 
um, you know, country music superstar Eric Church and his I'm going to cancel my concert to go watch the Tar Heels. I really want I, I wish Michigan State could have ended it, obviously. But this whole, you know, Duke uh, Coach K retirement party, I'm done with it. I hope the Tar Heels win, but I don't expect it. I expect a Kansas Duke final, but Kansas will prevail. They they have some electric athleticism where I think this is a decent Duke team, but it, it's clearly not one of Coach K's better teams. And the narrative will stop in the championship game. Rock, chalk, barf, Jayhawks, they're probably going to win. Well, uh, per- personally for me, um, Kansas winning might not be the worst thing in the world because eventually it's going to get rescinded. that's how I feel about it. You know, Villanova's won two of the last five. And my thing is, is if Jay Wright obviously gets number three, that puts him over Izzo. Obviously he has more championships than Izzo, but I don't think he's done what Izzo has done yet. Um, And so for those selfish reasons, I think to keep Izzo a little bit elevated above Jay Wright, uh, Villanova needs to lose. Um, North Carolina, look, Hubert Dave. Davis is a relatively new coach. I know they came in, what were they, an eight seed? Mm-hmm. And so having them there, he's a newer coach. Um, him winning a national championship would just kill it on the recruiting trail. I don't want to see that. I'm sick of Coach K just like you are. Kansas, I'm, I mean, I already said they're the dirtiest program in the nation. Look, gun to my head, I'm rooting for the trigger. <laughs> like that, that's how I feel about it. Uh, so, you know, uh, if if that's your thing, if you enjoy watching the Final Four, if no matter what, then go ahead. Whatever, I, I, I cut the cord for a reason. Um, I didn't re up my uh, free. Uh, or I didn't do like any of those uh, free two-week trial runs or anything like that uh, after Michigan State got knocked out, and there's a reason for it. I really couldn't care less about this. Um, if Jay Wright wins, cool. At least he's doing it right. I can't speak for any of the other guys out there <laughs> in, in the Final Four. So, uh, obviously, I'm torn. Uh, but, yeah, go ahead. Enjoy that. We'll break down uh, the spring game when that happens. We'll break down, uh, you know, any other news that comes along. Uh, Max Christie has until June 1st, so a couple months until then, to try to figure out uh, if he's going to keep his name in the draft or even if he's going to leave it in the draft. If he didn't get drafted, he can come back, that type of thing. We'll talk about all of that type of stuff. Uh, And anything else uh, that comes through the wire, because right now, sports is dead. Um, Jade Reed for Heisman. I, I'm, I won't talk about soccer, but I will talk about that in a future show. So let, let's let's bring that up in a few weeks. Wait, what did you just say? Jaden Reed for Heisman. I said what I said. Look, man, if Kenneth Walker can't even get invited, I don't yeah, see that's true. any scenario. Jaden Reed for Blitnikoff. I, I lower my standards a little bit. 
that that is something that I can get behind. That's something we will definitely talk about on a future show. That, but uh, hey, I appreciate you coming on, breaking down the Chrissy thing, and taking the shot at the fans with me. Because anytime, <laughs> look, man, we're we're realists. You don't sure. owe us, you don't owe us a fifth year, and if you think that uh, those guys do, man, that's just selfish. Max Christie, I think does need to come back um, because he can be really good in the league. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, talk about his decision moving forward. I mean, it might even be just a few weeks before he hears what he needs to hear from 30 teams. So, And uh, NBA playoffs are coming up. You know, if Spartans end up advancing, we'll probably talk about that. If uh, Draymond Green gets shot another ring or, you know, Jaron Jackson, Xavier Tillman's Grizzlies looking good too. So, We'll break all that type of stuff down um, moving forward just because we're bored and there's nothing else to talk about as far as games go until uh, at least the spring game and then we're off the rest of summer. So that does it for us here on the Trouble with the Snap podcast. Thanks again to Christine for hopping on at the last minute. I am Tyler Hayward.